0: podcast good morning good evening good afternoon hope your bike ride uh hope your gym session hope your walking the dog is going well just want to say may 5th uh upcoming soon may 5th i am dropping a very 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 big project please check out all my social media specifically twitter and instagram where i'm pontificating previewing flirting but i'll put it this way please make sure you go to GaryVinacek.com and read the article about crypto wallets. Make sure that you have a MetaMask with at least one Ethereum, one ETH in your wallet Uh, because this project is 100% built to make sure my OG community benefits from and I will be spending the next 45 years to make sure that the investment you've made into the project is a fruitful one, not to mention the way I actually built it, what comes along with the NFT. So, hope you uh, hope you check that out. Um, please be prepared, May fifth. Uh, if you don't, if you don't have a half a ETH, you know, aka a thousand bucks, like start selling things in your basement. Start selling some other things. May fifth. I'm telling you. This is the Gary V Audio Experience marketing for the now, marketing for the now, marketing for the now, marketing for the now. 10 minutes, 12 remarkable guests for two hours answering a singular important question.
1: Are you ready, Gary?
0: What do you think?
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to VaynerX Presents Marketing for the Now. I'm Andrea Sullivan, the CMO of VaynerX, and I'm here with Gary Vaynerchuk. Happy Vaynerversary, number 12, Gary.
0: Yes, I guess there are, our documents say that this is the 12-year anniversary of, Vayner, of my employment at VaynerMedia. I, I, so, I got the email. Uh, I got it, too. Okay. I was laughing. I, I, we opened up a couple of... I guess we did because me and AJ worked on a project before he graduated from school and I guess we did it in April before he came in late May and we started Vayner. So thank you for that. And thank you everybody for tuning in. I know everybody uh, uh, is busy and has lots of things going on. So thank you for joining us.
1: We're super fired up for today's episode. We're gonna be focusing on the future of music, audio and Sonic in 2021. And we're extra grateful for our friends and our partners, Nick and JJ at the Music Business Association. Gary, they actually reached out to us. They're big fans of Marketing for the Now. And they said, Why don't you do an episode on on music and we'll help you find some guests? And so that's just what they've done. So, uh, super excited to kick things off. Hashtag Marketing for the Now. Let's keep the conversation going. And first up, we have Kara Swisher. She is my idol. She's the host of Pivot and Sway podcasts and contributing writer for the New York Times Opinion. Kara is an OG in the audio space as the host of Recode Decode podcast for over five years and an entrepreneur behind Recode and Code and Revere Digital. She also co-produced and co-hosted the Wall Street Journal's D, All Things Digital, the major high-tech conference featuring Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and many rock stars in tech and media, and was a highly revered reporter at the Washington Post. Welcome, Kara. How are you doing? How's it
2: going?
0: Hey, Kara, how are you? Hey, Gary, how's it going? It's really nice to see you. It's fun good for to me you. to be on the other side of this. I get to oh, ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do my best here. Uh, actually, let's let's make it very simple for me. Sure. Um, you know, as you think about audio, uh, we, we mm-hmm. set this up as what's the future of music, audio, and Sonic, and that could be Sonic branding even in 2021. As I pose such a wide question, yeah. obviously you've just been so incredibly strong in the last decade around podcasting mm-hmm. but you know even as a consumer of music or and obviously your your consumer behavior around digital is so omnipresent mm-hmm. how, how do you take that question what are what are the first things that pop up things you're seeing things you're intrigued by
2: well you know it's really i find it really it's a very different things like they're all different things i'm not sure very what sonic different is. i'm not quite sure what sonic is sonic
0: but- is sonic is like the intel uh, sound or the Netflix sound. There's a there's a lot of fun mm-hmm. conversation around brands and individuals even having a sound for that quick one second right. as we continue to consume content. But I'll, I'll right. let you go. 100%. Uh,
2: okay. Yeah. So I really do think a lot about audio. And you know, as you know, I've sort of shifted my career rather significantly about yes. six years ago. I was a reporter. I ran a big website, a big tech and media website. It was doing really well. And I really, you know, I I grabbed an intern and went and did Recode Decode. It was me and, a, uh, and, a, and an intern that did it by ourselves. And I was luckily working for a place, uh, Vox Media, that we're like okay we trust you to do this and the reason why is i've done so many live events as you've done you know and you've also been a very big pioneer in this area and i i saw the real um resonance of this as the technology started to really be available in the way people consume these things with a fan base that really it really shifted from a written fan base to one that is in your ear in an audio format and so that's not unusual because music has been like that you have personal fan relationships with the music you listen to so it shouldn't be unusual that you have the same thing with podcasts and you saw some very early podcasters like mark maron and a whole bunch of them that really did create and joe rogan that created this really unusual situation And so I started, I had been doing interviews on stage uh, at at the code conferences and all things D before that. And we had no problem selling those out because people like that Mm -hmm. in-person live experience. But I think more than anything, they like the talking experience. Um, Rather than being told things by reporters, they like to hear the whole interview so that they can judge for themselves. It also gave people a lot of agency. And so when I started doing them, it was, I just decided I could only do 16 a year of the big names like Steve Jobs or Bill Mm -hmm. Gates, but then I could have hundreds of people. People, like hundreds of people that you don't know of, and the people you need to know, and ideas that you didn't have, and you could really chew over ideas. So after I started doing them for Recode, and we got to five or six hundred of them at that at one point. Um, which is amazing, which is an amazing body of interviews. Um, the fan base, it was crazy. People would come up to me on the street and felt like they know you. I'm sure this happens to you. Mm-hmm. They, I was in the Target the other day. And I was like, I love you. I love this. <laughs> and it was like, it never happened when I wrote for the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal and sure. stuff like that. And you really do give them a chance to, to be part of the conversation. And then the next iteration that's happening now, um, besides doing, you know, I do Pivot and I do Sway and Pivot's sort of a fun you know analysis thing the others more substantive interviews is is these live events that I do both on Twitter and then Twitter spaces i'm not using clubhouse a lot of people are using clubhouse i get it is I, there any is there
0: any reason you're not Kara?
2: uh I, I don't need to create my instagram inter- in another place like i want to see Got what it. twitter can do i don't i don't feel like starting another thing do and you, i
0: Cara, i had a i've been saying for a little while now that i think clubhouse a- absolutely has a place but i view sure. it similar to snapchat where i thought snapchat had a Place and yeah. then the stories feature became a feature cross exactly. platform. Yeah. Do you think that spaces feature. on Twitter is going to be a feature we'll see Facebook and others yes. add on? Yeah,
2: it should a hundred percent. I just don't see it as something that has a lot of mode around it. I get that there's lots of people there, and maybe they can like the way YouTube did essentially, because uh, there are a lot of people. Do you, in you think? it can, Do
0: you think you know? I'll I'll take advantage of having you here because you're sure. such a great thinker sure. around these things. Do you think it has a potential to have that similar play as Snap as the original thing of the thing? And then, and then everybody has features? Or did Snap have the luxury of having so many more users before anybody copied their feature and Clubhouse may just not have that luxury?
2: You know, I don't know. I don't know because people are creating their intergraphers. They're doing their shows and that's where they're locating. It's just like Substack. That's where they're locating. Mm-hmm. It's just that they can move. You know what I mean? Like I can see like same thing with Substack, all the others. When you think about oh. these things and that's not audio or that's not music right. or things like that. But if you can move easily, I feel like that's a problem for any business. And and you could create when you have better, better options. And so I'm trying Twitter spaces only because I just don't feel like. And how I think, do you I like it, it's a little glitchy, but it's getting there. It's getting there, I get, hun- you know, you get thousands, but I get lots of people. Like I do them on Friday nights and I get like up to a thousand people, it's crazy. Wow. It's like, awesome. which is great. And, and then you, like- And do you like, do you like hosting that party? Yeah, I do actually a lot because I we have the live where I talk and I answer written questions, and that's kind of that's great too. The live twitters and they work out really well. But the the, the I bring in guests and people people want to hear from, and then people pop up in it. It feels mm-hmm. very like that. I, I get the the. Um, What's it called? There's an ex- just the serendipity of it. I really like it. It's and I like, like
0: being at a conference, right? Like it does. You, you yep. might be doing your thing. There's people listening, a lot of people listening. And then as you're walking to your next thing, you might see somebody you know and you're like, hey, yes. why don't you join? There is a little bit of that going on, it's, no question. It's more like talk radio.
2: That's what it reminds no question. me mm-hmm. of. That's what it really It's less than a conference. I know they're describing it as a conference, but I feel like it's because that's still broadcast one to many, even if it's in a live space. This is like talk radio. And I, what I found really interesting is two things. One, you mean is people calling in, calling in, right? Right, and getting the chance, and they want to talk to the people, and especially the only I, difference.
0: The only difference I'm sorry to interrupt is with the way you visually see it, because of the who you are. There are yeah. going to be many people interested, and you may be interested in the person that's interested, so you can bring them in. Whereas with talk radio, that might be a little bit more challenging.
2: Right. That's, you don't know who's calling. Yeah. So Correct. it's like even better talk radio. And, yeah, so, exactly. and and what's amazing is people have stayed really civil. I was sort of a little worried about people popping off and stuff like that. And I, there's a way to get rid of them quickly. I haven't had to do that at all. The questions are intelligent. People really are dying for conversation. You know, people are a little
0: lonelier do you, now. Do you think that has to do with the framework you've created as an individual? Like, that makes sense to me. If somebody right. said, hey, if somebody called me and said, hey, are you paying attention to carrier yeah. spaces? It's really civil. I'm like, that makes sense because of the way she rolls and what that I mean, yes, it works, it works
2: like, for me. It doesn't work. It'll work somewhere like it doesn't work for everybody. The other thing is I wonder after the pandemic, when people are outside, like whether they're gonna keep doing this. That that is a real obvious question. And it's not a, a fresh new one
0: that I've come up with. It, it's it's a fun question. Yeah. It, but but what's interesting is but it will be more on um, there's an argument for more of it to happen as people yeah. micro on the go. It yeah. might be just a more entertaining music or podcast. Absolutely. Or commuting. Absolutely. I think what people don't understand is a lot of people are consuming less audio during pandemic because they're not on the move. Right. A hundred percent. I think we'll see what
2: happens with mm-hmm. we've had a growth. We've had growth. Everyone's like, oh mm-hmm. but podcast we Nothing but growth for both my podcasts. What's really interesting to me is the the bigger trend, which is about fans. And you have pioneered this quite a bit. But not just this. Look at what Taylor Swift is doing with redoing her albums. It's all, I mean, Ben Thompson wrote a great piece about this. It's all about fans. Like, whether it's cameo. Whether you know, I'm, I just did an interview with the Cameo CEO, and everyone was like, "Why?" I'm like, "Are you kidding? This is a this is a direct line to fans." The Wait. same thing with NFTs. The same thing. You just it's, took the words fans. out of my mouth. It's fans. It's it's about people creating fan bases, and so the talent, even Substack, the talent moves to the front and is collecting the money. And so I think what's happening is is what Taylor Swift is doing right now. I don't think people are appreciating quite how, I agree. how fascinating. I agree. It is.
0: because um, the the middle, hmm? the middle
2: is losing its leverage. Because it doesn't have leverage. It's just showing that it never did, really. It just got well, in the way.
0: Well, well, it did because of the way distribution worked. And an infinite yeah. at-scale internet with an at-scale blockchain, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kyle, bad news. These are only 10 minutes long. I can talk. you. Good. All right. Thank, first Thanks, of all, thank you for doing this. Have People a good show. All are, right, cool. You. Take
2: Thanks. care. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Next up, we have the incredible Ryan Tedder. Ryan is a three-time Grammy Award-winning songwriter, investor, and entrepreneur. He has worked with everyone from Adele to Paul McCartney, Beyoncé, Taylor Swift, John Legend, and more, in addition to being the lead singer, writer, and producer of One Republic. Ryan is also a producer and mentor on NBC's Songland, which has just wrapped its second season. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Ryan, it's great to see you. Good to see you. Team throw up the question uh, after you throw up Ryan, uh, Ryan, We'll get right into it. Cause it's only 10 minutes. I want right. to get all your brilliant we, thinking for We both talk
3: really fast. So we're, we're good. Gonna,
0: we're going to do damage here. I, I think Ryan is a, I, I wish in his intro it said is an entrepreneur. And then went into all the things we all know him for, because he really is. When you think about the future of music, audio, and sonic branding in 2021, let's use music since we have the luxury of having you give us an insight. Cause you are so ear to the ground of trends, consumer, what's catching you off guard? What do you think people aren't talking about with where music's going in 2021?
3: Um, I mean, obviously we stumbled into, in the the last conversation into the NFT thing, right? Non-fungible token. Um, That uh, personal one-to-one interaction with your fan base is absolutely the most vital. You guys, I loved where the conversation went just a second ago into Taylor Swift of it all. I've worked with Taylor on a number of records. And she's a savage and she's going to reclaim her own fan base and she will remove the middle man, which is the label. Um, I knew that was going to happen the moment she called me and told me she was going to do it. I was like, if anyone's (laughs) going to do it, you're going to do it. Um, Look, uh, albums are malleable now. I have this conversation incessantly. I'm executive producing seven albums at the same time right now. I just did the single with John Legend for Space Jam 2. Like I'm I'm doing a a ton of other things in music. Um, Nobody can pull the levers anymore the way they used to pull it with songs. So I'm working with little Nods X on upcoming stuff. I can't, again, I'm Indie eight out the butt. I can't talk about, I knew I, I signed the writer that wrote peaches for Justin Bieber. I signed him three weeks before peaches came out. We got lucky and like it went number one, right? I knew that he had some hits coming. I didn't know it was going to go number one. Peaches, by all intents and purposes, should still be number one, except a little thing called Little Nas X, who is the biggest marketing genius in the history of the music industry by far. I've been betting on that guy from day one. The moment I saw the video, the moment I knew that he was doing the Nike dropping the shoes release, like the, you know, the satanic shoes that that he then got sued by Nike. All of it was so brilliant, but it highlights one very, very important thing. Music industry has shifted to a degree where the song itself is not the driver. Right. That's historically, if you had a great song. Now, it's not to say great music can't rise and cream won't come to the top. There will always be those anomaly unicorn songs that pop off regardless of marketing. It's going to happen. But um, you know, you've got Ole Oberman coming up here soon, who's a friend of mine. ByteDance, Dance, TikTok. um, You know, if if you don't have something that's active right now in TikTok, TikTok is the new MTV. It's MTV. It's radio. It's it's uh, posters on telephone poles. It's all of it wrapped into one. And if you either don't have a, a fan base that is nuclear hot, the marketing prowess of a little Nas X or a song going off on TikTok, you're in trouble.
0: You're just in trouble. I don't care way, how good the song way, is. By the way, Dick Clark, the local disc jockeys in big markets, yeah. yep. uh, MTV. We just talked about the source, Rolling Stones magazine. There's always been curation. The differences. Yes. The platforms that curate now are empty vessels. And yes. it's the artists and the yep. teams around them, yep. their strategy, not 100%. Um, I'm not the, no longer I run MTV and you and I are best friends and I'm going to put yep. you on 800 times.
3: Can I give you, can I give you a sure. 30 second anecdote? All right. So I just worked with Portugal, the man who did, you know, Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks, man. Yep. All right. Right. That there, there, there isn't, they're an indie band from Portland and Alaska who had never had a hit in their life and then feel it still goes off and, and smashes. The second I heard that song, the second I heard I heard it two days after it came out. I I played it in the background at a a pool party. I was like, this is a this is smash. Like this is a no-brainer. I asked them last week, I said, who at the label flagged that as a hit? They said everyone in our label didn't like it, and it was like relegated to track five or six or whatever on the album. Nobody thought it was a hit. Okay. First, the intermediaries don't know, right? And I'm not crapping on labels across the board because there's some phenomenal A and R's, but the best A and R in the business, at, at least at some point, had the ability to pull levers. The internet, the world, culture has taken over music. Conan Gray, who's by the a good way, Ryan, I apologize yeah. for interrupting because you're rolling. Yeah.
0: The world always did. There's been yes. a ton of smash hits from 1987 yes. that the world yes. decided not yes. everybody thought. The difference yeah. is to your point. The label used to cut songs out. Now there's right. almost no reason to.
3: Correct. There's no reason to. There's no reason to. And there's I, no I hate reason saying, to. No, there's no reason to. And I hate saying more is more, but more is more. I mean, Conan, Conan Gray is a prime example. He's on Republic Records. Superstar kid, artist. Dropped an album a year ago called Kid Crow. Did did okay. Did fairly well. Uh, the song that he begged the label to put on called Heather. It's the only song he wrote by himself. Just him on an acoustic guitar. Seven months after the album comes out, somebody grabs it, does something on TikTok. Boom, biggest smash he's ever had in his life. Counting stars, which we put out six years ago, went viral two months ago. The head of my or the head of international calls me, What are you guys doing with counting stars? We're getting we're getting 1.2 million streams a day on it. Turns out some dude in like Austria sped it up, put it on TikTok, people danced to it, it went off. The point is, nobody. Nobody knows. Every, everyone who thought they knew knows even less. Nobody 100%. can control what a nobody can control what a hit is anymore. But real
0: quick, real quick. Yeah. So you also said Lil Nas X is the greatest marketer in music history. Period. So you period. said nobody can control. I counter because the I know the artist can. The artist yeah. if they're the marketer.
3: If they're the marketer, period. If you're not pulling the strings, authenticity smells much has such a more pleasant smell than perfume and anything else you try to perfume a package with authenticity will cut through. Right? So when you're doing this, uh,
0: this, uh, I apologize. This, uh, this show started with me, my 12 year anniversary, at least on a legal document of starting Vayner at Vayner media 12 years ago, the thesis was, Oh my God, technology is going to kill everything in the middle completely. And the Mm -hmm. only thing in the world that's going to matter besides the skill itself, because even if you're good at hacking, the thing has to be still be good is yep. the ability to communicate in the modern moment. And so yep. I decided to eat shit for 12 years and build an agency to have a machine behind me. And that's basically been the entire conversation so far between Kara and now you.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's 100% what it is, man. And I'll, and I'll cut to the NFT of it all. And I'll cut to also blockchain music, which I think is- We got two minutes, so I'm well, giving you everything I got two you minutes. want. Go. So, so look, I'm I'm EPing seven albums, which is the most I've ever done in my life, which is I don't even know seven times, you know, 10, let's say 70 to 100 songs. These are some of the best albums of these artists' careers, according to them, their label, their parents, their wives. But I have no control over which songs will go or which won't. I've, I've removed the stress factor from that. The world will decide. So it, the democratized music has changed. We used to be able to gas a song from a number 10 to a number three. We can't do that anymore, right? You can't do it. So let's pivot into modern music. Non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Um, it's fascinating. I'm doing my own drop with Origin Protocol. I think they're, for me personally, the best in the space right now. Um, um. It is such a unique way of interacting with your fans and creating art for art's sake and scarcity makes something valuable. If you give a shit and you actually care about it and you're, and I said this, NFTs is an ocean. Don't get on and try and hop a wave if you, if you don't even have a surfboard and you never know how to surf. And a lot of people are, are, are getting on and trying to surf the wave and they're, they're falling apart. Like this is an ocean. Build a boat. And then make it bigger, and make something people want to float on in the NFT space. That's my analogy for NFTs in terms of art and music. Now, as th- where it could go potentially in more disruption beyond Spotify and everything else, and I don't, I'm, I'm poking at this space now just to see. But the idea of there's a company called Rocky. It, it hasn't done a whole lot yet, but their whole thing is music on blockchain. Like putting some on the blockchain, a streaming service on the blockchain yep. where you're getting paid directly. Yep. You're getting paid directly from the consumer, and the consumer also is getting paid in incremental little bits of blocks, or you could call them satoshis, right? They're getting paid to listen. So there's an interest where this goes, I don't know, but I've been betting on the blockchain for four or five years. You know, like so I I'm a believer that that somehow decentralization is coming in every single category. It is. Transparency, authenticity, decentralization. That's the theme for the next 10 years.
0: See you, my friend. Love you.
3: Peace.
1: Next up, we have John Coyne, VP and GM of brand creative and media at Intel. John is responsible for brand product identity, global creative and social. John's team just launched the biggest rebrand in Intel history, which includes a reimagination of the famous Intel Sonic bong, the OG Sonic of all Sonics. Oh, and most importantly, Gary, John is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Welcome, John.
4: Great to be here.
0: I didn't like that Steelers part, John. I was just playing around. I was wondering if you
4: were with me or against uh, me. I'm
0: very against you. I'm a Jets fan. You beat me in two very big playoff games in the last uh, 15 years. That broke my heart. I went to Pittsburgh for both some great people, but devastating outcomes for me, including one that was the ticket to the Super Bowl, which I've not been to. You've been to many. I find you greedy uh, and not letting us win that game. But John, I'm really happy to have you here because as the question is about to pop up, um, you know, the future of music, audio, and sonic is the theme here today. Yeah. You know, uh, to me, the Intel Sonic branding is the Mount Rushmore, you know, and that like that, that to me is such a big deal. And I believe that the entrepreneurs, small businesses and big businesses that are listening here should be creating a Sonic brand and should be using it in every piece of their content. Every one of my videos on Instagram, start with Gary, Gary V. It is like, to me, incredibly important. Spit some wisdom and and share what you're allowed to with us around Sonic branding, where you see Sonic branding. And then in the way that Andrea set it up, it sounds like you'll be able to get into a little detail.
4: Yeah, happy to. So um, I came to Intel about four years ago. One of the reasons I came was because of the incredible brand. Uh, It's one of the most valuable brands in the world and it is because of the, you know, kind of the iconic brand elements that Intel has, including the Intel Bong. It really is the the, kind of the original sonic audio uh, branding device. And it's one of the most valuable assets that Intel has as a company. And we, uh, uh, as we just talked about, we're going through a pretty dramatic brand transformation that we launched last fall, uh, aligned to where our business is going. And as part of that, we wanted to re- reimagine how people experience Intel and make sure that we aren't just a company from 50 years ago when the company started, but we are a company and a brand pointed towards the, towards the future where Intel is going. And so we looked at the Intel bong and saw it as an opportunity to re, just to reimagine it uh, a little bit. So what we did is, as part of the brand launch, we updated the Intel bong. It's not been changed much over the years. It's the same five notes. It's the same kind of melody that everybody knows and loves. So that you, hits your ears in that way, but it also will hit your ears a little bit differently. So you hear it, it's a little bit fresh, a little modern, maybe a little bit contemporary. And we've got kind of a low intensity bong, a high intensity bong. We've got <laughs> our custom bongs that we're making it fit on the content in a certain way. Because one of the challenges that we had is our, our, our bong often lives on our partner content. And it would kind of just land on the end of it you know, kind of abruptly and not necessarily oh, wow. integrate really well. So one of the things we wanted to do was to be able to create versions that live kind of more uh, organically with the content that it, that it exists with. So that's what we've been doing. But I have to tell you the key uh, to the bong, and I would say to somebody uh, who's trying to think about how do they create uh, a sonic uh, audio mark for their company, I think the key is consistency. Course, right? we, as, we as marketers uh, love to change it up, but you've pounded really interest. You, John, you've pounded the sound in my mind. By the way, real yes.
0: quick, Derek Hunter, I see you in the comments. The way I process information is by biting my nails. I know that it is not <laughs> a great enjoyment for people that care about grooming, but for me, it has worked for 40 years. I will continue to bite my nails. Uh, because it helps me process and think and John is dropping some wisdom. John, I, I think I, that's exactly right. I think, you know, that matters.
4: And by the way, I find that a lot of Jet fans have that same problem. No, oh, John, too.
0: listen, John, you got 10 minutes here. I'm more than happy to make it five. Don't get me crazy. Yeah. John,
4: <laughs> no, as but I, I, Honestly, I, I think the key please. is like the benefit of Intel. Why does everybody know Intel bong and, and love it? It's because billions of dollars, literally over 27 years has been spent drilling it into people's heads. And, and I think you know, one of the things that we have to fight is just the desire to, to change and lose interest and want to do something new. So one of the best things that any you know, company can do is think about how, what is that consistent thing that I can deliver over and over and over a period of years? Because it takes people a long time to actually be able to internalize and to hear and to remember uh, that, that sonic device or you know, that tagline or you know, that voice, uh, you, you know, that font that you're using, we've got to really uh, understand that for, for people to start internalizing it, it takes time and repetition. So be patient, stick with it, don't lose interest in two years, uh, and, and you will find that it, that truly it will pay off. John,
0: uh, the segue in our, our four minutes, you the human, not the executive. Okay. Where are you with podcasts? Do you listen to them? Don't you? And based on what, I like to iterate along the way, based on what Kara and I were talking about. Have you found yourself consuming more or less of it in COVID versus where you were pre-COVID?
4: Uh, I'm absolutely obsessed with podcasts. Mm. Uh, and I and I'm, I'm obsessed with uh, Kara as well. And I listen to her podcast. So- I love that. It's an honor to be on here with her. Uh, I found that in the, especially in the pandemic, you know, when I've got kind of more time, uh, I'm listening to more podcasts. I'm getting more variety. I'm getting more voices. Uh,
0: give some. I think. I think. I think giving shoutouts and cosigns is good karma. Give us three to four to five or one or two or three. Uh, give you another second to think of what you're actually listening to. Uh, podcasts that you really enjoy and why.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm definitely. Uh, I like Kara uh, uh, and Scott. Uh, so um, yeah, with them, uh, you know, both of their podcasts. Uh, I love the Daily. Uh, I listen to anything on NPR. Uh, you, you know, just a variety of podcasts there, and and it's just uh, and I'll just listen to industry ones, things on marketing, different things. And that's also the fascinating things with uh, that's going on with Clubhouse and other things like that too. Is I'm just, are you are you spending some time in Clubhouse? Yeah, I'm just experimenting. You see and, in the pre- and
0: and do you do you? like audio because you're able to do something else as well, whether it's yes. walking the dog, working out in the background, cooking, drinking, like, do you, you like that?
4: It. You hit it. I, I, I listen to podcasts and audio when I'm riding my bike, which I try to do as much as I can. Uh, when I'm working out, when I'm walking the dog, those are the big three. I'm always doing something else. It's very rare that I'm just sitting down doing one thing. I'm always doing two and three things. And listening to audio, podcasts, it's just a great way to, to engage myself, kind of in that other dimension. And you know, just even this morning, I had a few minutes, jumped into a clubhouse, you know, conversation about marketing versus sales. It's like, okay, that's just great. While I'm doing something else, I get to stimulate you know my thinking. And I I just am obsessed with podcasts. And I think Do you find that,
0: yourself are you a better learner from audio than you are visual or written word, or which one of those three tend to like sink in the most?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. I've found as I've gotten older, uh, I've my eyes aren't as good. Uh, audio is totally my best way to learn. Uh, honestly, it just, cause it get it gets in my head and I'm able to kind of process thoughts almost without working at it that hard. Uh, it, it just kind of gets in there.
0: John, uh, final thoughts. A lot of entrepreneurs in the chat as well. How should small, you know, I own one pizza shop. I'm a influencer. You know, they they see you, that iconic thing, billions of dollars spent to get there what's just a practical thing for them to think about with Sonic branding? Do you, do you think they should go the route of making one? And if so, how do they? How should they think about deploying it?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I think you've got to think about your community, you know, that, that you so you don't have to be Intel where you're, you know- For the world. Yeah, exactly. But you're, you know, if you're a pizza shop in your neighborhood, you know, in your community, uh, obviously there's lots of great, really targeted digital ways of reaching, you know, customers in your area. And I think, just think about, uh, you know, every time you're kind of delivering that that message, if you do develop that unique, just signature, you know, that, that starts getting that mnemonic in your, in your customer's heads about, Oh God, that's Tony's pizzeria. You know, whatever that audio mnemonic is, just be consistent. You don't have to be big. You don't have to be global. Yep. You've got to be relevant and you've got to know where your, where your customers are, how to reach them. Uh, And and be consistent. Yeah, be just try it. Just you, just go for it and see what happens. John, thank you. It's such a pleasure. A pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate it.
1: Our next guest, Carrie Champion, is a broadcast journalist, TV personality, and podcast host of the Brown Print. Carrie is an expert host for multiple hit shows, including Vice TV's Carrie and Jamel Stick to Sports, Amazon's NFL Next Live, TNT's The Arena. NBC's reality competition series, The Titan Games, which was created and presented by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Carrie continues to break barriers and pave the way for younger women of color who want to pursue a career in broadcasting, which is why she founded Brown Girl's Dream. Welcome, Carrie. (laughs) There sounds like,
0: Carrie, are you okay? There seems to be like a robot going on that is, I think an alien robot has taken over your audio. We can't hear you, Carrie. <laughs> While Carrie's trying to figure that out. Uh, okay, team has put me on. Team, uh, Andrea, I'm fine with if the next guest here and maybe the team can work with Carrie. If not, I'm happy to hold down court for a little bit.
1: Sounds good. Do we have Curtis in the house? Yay.
0: Why don't you do the intro, Andrea, and we'll get to get her audio set up. Kyrtis
1: Postel. Kyrtis is Amazon Music's global head of artist marketing and works directly with artists across a wide range of genres. Since joining Amazon Music earlier this year, Kyrtis has led marketing efforts for key initiatives, including Breakthrough, Amazon Music's new developing artist program. Amazon Music's Friday Live series, which has raised money for COVID-19 re- relief efforts through live performances from Dua Lipa. Katy Perry, and Tim McGraw. Kirtis also worked extensively to lead Amazon Music's efforts to support communities affected by COVID-19 crisis with with artists including Megan Thee The Stallion throughout the pandemic. Welcome Kirtis.
0: Hi. Hi Kirtis, how are you? I'm good, Gary, how are you? It's really nice to have you here. Thank Um, you. So, you know, How is it navigating these, you have, Amazon's such an iconic global company. Uh, The music initiatives have uh, been really, really revving up. uh, And so kudos to you and your team. Um, How are you thinking about, you know, music strategies, music consumption, music trends in a 2021 world? When When I painted that way, very, very broadly, where does your mind go to right away?
5: Well, there are a couple of things. I think, first of all, uh, working at a music streaming company, music streamers have to evolve, right? And become more than just a music store. Artists and their fans are looking for, you know, other opportunities and and they want more than just a big catalog of music. Um, so we're working to make Amazon uh, Amazon Music a home for creators, right? Like if you want to, if you want to create a podcast, if you want to, I mean, an artist, like they put all their heart and soul into this music and they want you to hear it the way they created it, right? (laughs) So we've got high, you know, we've got high def audio. If you want to hear your music, if you want your fans to hear your music in high definition, we you know we supply that like there's if you want to stream directly to your fans like we've got live streaming um with our our partnership with twitch that goes directly into our app like you've got to be more than just a play button now for for artists and for their fans
0: i think that's exactly right what um what has been the most interesting thing that you've observed with consumer behavior in the last 12 months from your perspective, from your seat, looking at this, has there been anything that is like, wow, if Gary said this was going to happen, or if I said this was going to happen a year ago, I would have never believed it or just a big shift in in behavior. Anything, anything stand out when I say that? I think because of the
5: pandemic, like from an artist standpoint, I'm seeing more artists focus on their, Broader brand than just on the music, right? Like the music okay. is going to be the fuel that powers everything else. But you know, you've always had a couple of A list superstar artists that had a fashion brand or you know, or headphones. Um, but what I'm seeing is that younger artists are paying more attention to their broader brand. Um, I'm I think I've heard you know, that doesn't align with our our brand more in the last couple of years than I ever have. And I think specifically because of the pandemic, we're going to hear that more and more. If, if you were an artist that was relying solely on your music and the ability to tour or to perform live uh, as your means of income to support your career, I think that... Uh, they've learned a good hard lesson in the last year and everybody's going to be focusing more on, on their broader brand. Um, I think from a marketing standpoint, it probably hasn't changed as much as you would think, right? It's still our job to get your music and your brand as far and as wide as possible to give people and fans and potential fans, the opportunity to vote, right? Like, yes, so I, from from that standpoint, I don't think it's changed that much. Great content, um, social media has made that a lot easier. I think, you know, what Ryan was saying earlier about TikTok, it, it, it's a
0: destination for artists that, you know, and- and they're I mean, really I mean, Are you kidding me? You look at the top of the, of the hits, it, the numbers, the math, you know, what's so great now is it's math. This is not, oh, we're going to give the Grammy to this person. This is math who the world's listening to, and you can map what's going on TikTok with the top of the charts in the easiest, most binary. Don't even debate with me. This is a foregone conclusion. Just because the sheer amount of attention, I had three, they actually made a video today that will probably come out tomorrow on my Instagram or what have you. I had three eight year olds come yeah. up to me just now and say, Gary B, we love your stuff. I'm like, how old are you guys? They're like eight. <laughs> I'm like, that fucking TikTok boy, you know? Absolutely. like
5: Absolutely, it's like, I mean, I hear more about TikTok strategy, TikTok, what's our TikTok strategy? What's our, you know, and it's, it, it's like Ryan was saying, you just don't know anymore, right? You can have best laid plans. You can make, you can create the best marketing plan and somebody gets on a skateboard on TikTok and, you know, drink some cranberry juice That is, that is you are crazy. out of here. Like.
0: That is Ocean Spray's most successful commercial in the last 40 years. Ever. And they, listen, Ever. They for free. Ever. <laughs> Yeah. What, what what advantages? You know, when I think about Amazon, I'm like, man, they are so integrated vertically. Yeah. You know, when I think about the streaming things, what why artists may want to lean into Amazon? I'm just this, I'm just getting a little business nerdy. I apologize to everybody. Is, I'm being okay. selfish right now. I I think that there is some really cool advantages that Amazon has over other places because of their ecosystem, right? have, you know, and I see you put that smile <laughs> now. So maybe there's some things you can't speak to. But no, no, no. I, oh, good. So, I'm like, happy to talk about are, it. Are we in the place where eventually like the biggest artists in the world may want to exclusively drop with you guys because she may get her picture on all the boxes that get delivered that week. Like it feels like you've got prime, you've got, you know, so many kind of things. Uh, to your point, as these artists become more brand oriented, If they want their book to be successful, they may want like, it feels as though from afar that there are some real opportunities for integration. Is there anything of that going on yet? Any plans? I'm just uh, curious.
5: So I'll tell you one of the, so I'm the head of artist marketing and one of the channels that I manage is something called cross category, which means we are the primary entry point into all of the other Amazon business units for, For music artists. It's one of the reasons I I came here. It's one of the reasons I left, you know, the recorded music world and came to the DSP side because my passion is breaking artists, right? And Amazon has the tools to break artists and to, you know, and for superstar artists who you would think, you know, they have all the fans in the world. We can help them expand that fan base even more. And, And I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of examples. We worked with Carrie Underwood over the holidays. She gave us an Amazon. Oh, yes, yes yep. I remember. Yep, she gave us an Amazon original um, for, uh, for holiday music. And we ended up using, working with the ring team um, to position that song in their holiday ad campaign. And Carrie was part of that campaign, right? Like, so something that was supposed to just be you know, uh, mm-hmm. a holiday original song for Amazon mm-hmm. Music, we were able to partner her with Ring and make that watch.
0: And that's more, and that's more, you know, that's more distribution and awareness for her. And, yep. and it was it great a lot for of the team, right? Like it would, it would work for the Ring team. Um, yes. I'm so, I'm so devastated we've run out of time. I just want oh, to say this okay. real quick. We, we haven't had a chance to jam in person, but the the amount of nice accolades you get from people that we know in common for who you are as a person is something i wanted to say to you in public not only private keep doing your thing i can't wait to get to know you better thank you yes i'd love to
1: next up we've got wendy ong president of tap music wendy oversees an incredible roster of rock star artists including dua lipa ellie goulding Lana Del Rey, Noah Cyrus, Dermot Kennedy, Haley Steinfeld, and more. She <laughs> joined the tap music team, Wendy worked as head of marketing at Rock Nation, where she drove campaigns for Jay-Z, Rihanna, Jaden Smith, and more. Welcome, Wendy.
6: Thank you, Andrea. And hi, Gary. I'm very excited to be on your show.
0: Thank you, Wendy. That was a Incredible intro, and it's such a pleasure to have you. And your background is so beautiful. The flowers make me feel happy. It's raining in New York.
6: That was the whole point, you know. Bring on, uh, bring spring into your show.
0: Thank you. Wendy, right to the question, because we're running out of time because we have such a great lineup. What is the future of music, audio and Sonic in 2021? Very broad question. You could sure. take it anywhere. You've been probably listening a little bit in the green room. I have. What, I have. what, what, what can you add context to? What do you, what, what, what did it make you think? What should people hear based on what they've already heard?
6: So I really took on board everything that uh, Ryan had to say as well as Kiritis, who's a really good friend of mine. and. What I wanted to add was, especially for major artists who, who already have a devoted and loyal fan base, like I'm more interested, you know, and no disrespect to the Amazons and Spotify's of this world, like I'm more interested in fostering that relationship, the direct relationship between the artists mm-hmm. and the fans, because they're the only two entities that, ma- that matter to me. as they they should. Exactly. I I don't know that that is actually true of many other companies. Uh, You know, I'm not talking about management, but music companies in general, I I think that could be a little misleading where their uh, heart lies, I guess. So, you know, my my take on your question is, um, I'd like to explore building independent artist economies that are... uh, that are functional economies enabled by blockchain, you know. And I know that sounds like a bunch of words just uh, that are thrown together, but essentially, like I, I look at like the bigger artists with their devoted fan base. Like, why shouldn't we have something where you know, if we were gonna, if we were already at this level and we wanted to drop, you know, anything from an album to special merch and all that, and why can't we do it on our you, own?
0: You, you, you will, Wendy. Exactly. I. Don't wanna scare my great partnership at HarperCollins, but I'm gonna be transparent right now because I wanna bring value. I am wrapping up my book contract. I have a big time book coming out this winter that I'm excited about. I was in the process of signing another deal. I'm not sure I will. Mm -hmm. There's something called blockchain and NFTs. right? There's a lot of, I've been, I'm not a dummy. I've done a lot of homework and I know exactly where this is going. And the answer is, why wouldn't I? The answer is, of course, it's exactly what I should do. And so what's gonna happen is the people in the middle are going to have to evolve. That is the name of the jungle, right Wendy?
6: Absolutely. And I think that's where blockchain comes in and you know everyone that you talk to like it's NFT, NFT, NFT. That is like the big buzzword right it's now. It's the
0: moment yeah. right now.
6: It is. But you know, I think that the I personally have concerns that still need to be addressed in this whole world and I'm speaking as a layman like I'm not a techie. Yeah, you no, know, I I'm worried with how white male centric every person that talks about this is that that is a concern to me. I think it needs to have You know more- what's good, You know what's good about that Wendy though? It's one thing about white
0: tech nerds talking about it. It's another thing to know that it's a decentralized economy that actually the thing you're worried about with your opening sentence, then you should be most optimistic about this platform because it's the first one that's come along that most addresses your opening concern. Right. Absolutely. Just yes, because that's who's first talking about it. That's just tech nerds. That's the math of what happened. That is society. No different than if it was athletes talk about athletes, the demo would look different. Like that's just the nature of, but the actual macro nature of decentralized servers actually addresses your anxiety.
6: Yes, but that in itself, like, opens up another can of worms, you know, like the environmental impact. And I know that's a very let's, controversial-
0: let's, let's, No, it's, not, it, a, it's right? not a. Contru- it's not controversial. Oh, you, know,
6: you get- I, it's, a
0: good, it's a good conversation.
6: Right, but you get companies saying like, oh, don't worry about that. We're gonna offset our carbon footprint. But are you really doing it? What, what measures are you gonna take Wendy, that- I- Wendy, Wendy, trust? Wendy no. you know what
0: else takes an ungodly amount of servers? Amazon. Right. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix, like this is this is new. <laughs> your first, like you, know, like I laugh when people. Of course, it has server impacts. Do you know what it takes to keep up Amazon music service that we just had, or Netflix, or Spotify? It takes servers. And to your point, this is early, and they keep evolving. You know what else happens, Wendy? Do you know much the environmental impact is on producing a CD or shipping it? Or de- like there's always offsets. It's we don't always- know. We don't know yet
6: where it lands. To your point, right? But then you know, with with my artists and their fans, you know, like I have to be interested in the issues that make them take. And of and these but, no, Wendy, and, but you like, also, but real quick, I like I apologize. But if they're going to be fair,
0: you know, let's talk about what the apparel industry. And what that does to the environment, and I'd like to know the collective amount of money that the T-shirts and the wristbands to show, like, like if you know we, you know, what we've come into is a world where people are picking and choosing, right? What they're pointing fingers at, and you have to look at that hypocrisy because the textile industry, the clothes, do we really need a hoodie with Dua Lipa on it? Well, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> and and I think, and Wendy, it's important because I know we're having a thoughtful conversation. These right. are gonna be the thoughtful conversations that happen, right? Because I think what happens when something new happens is people, and you're bringing you up the right question, you have to debate it. I love, I couldn't agree with you more. Right. Are, are your artists, well, I got three minutes, I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Are your artists bombarding you with like, Wendy, what the fuck are we doing with NFTs? Has yeah. that been like the last two months?
6: Of course they are, you know, and actually, I don't know enough about this company yet, but then I I am going to call them out because I think that what they're trying to do is interesting. And it's a company called Rally. And I've only had one conversation with them and I'm looking forward to having more. But, you know, it very much like they are trying to address increasing that fan engagement you know building that independent artist ecosystem like what you were talking about earlier with Kiritis um and and also reflecting the diversity the diversity of all that we're doing needs to reflect the creator community the makeup of the creator community so I think yes every one of my artists is asking about that but they are asking with the issues that I've just you know, you and I were just debating as well. Another interesting aspect to what NFTs are leading to is not just about the, you know, whatever the piece of artwork or video that you throw up, but you know, it leads to the experiential element of this as well, right? Where it's a digital fan club with VIP access and all that. I don't know how that's all going to play out. I think it's, it's still the wild, wild west and we're still watching and learning, but live streaming, for example, right? I think that uh and you know cryptocurrency could have a big role to play in in live streaming especially now that you know the when we're we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel at some point probably more like next year there will be touring right there will be concerts again does that mean we completely disregard how we've learned to work this past year um i don't think so you know i think that there is room for a hybrid model like we had a very successful live stream show with Dua, you know, with her shows Twenty so, studio came yeah. before. And the reason that was successful was because it wasn't just somebody sitting at home and watching an artist on stage. Like it was crafted like an incredible TV special. You couldn't take your eyes off it. Like there was something happening at every second of the show um and i think there is probably room for a hybrid model of that and for fans to be able to engage more with that kind of show that they are missing out on if they were watching it in person
0: A oh, 100 i mean people are i'm going to like run out naked and kiss everybody's face the second they let me we are every i mean and to your point the smart contract is what you're referring to under an nft that is going to allow for green room access pre show different seating events like it, the, the, there's so much coming to your world and I've just been such an admirer from afar of your career, Wendy, and I'm so glad this was Thank the you, opportunity Gary. to jam and I hope we cross paths again and I uh, I wish you well.
6: Thank you, Gary. Take of care.
0: Course. take care. Andrew, you're on mute.
1: Thank you, Gary. Oh, you're welcome. Let's hope that the robot has released Carrie Champion and that she can come and join us right now. Welcome,
7: Yay! Hey! It's normal, guys. It's normal. Thank you guys for
0: having me. Of course, Carrie. It's so great to see you. I'm glad the alien robots have released you. And uh, and it's great to see you. And and what an incredible intro. You, you know, as many know, I'm a fan and believer in work ethic. I think it is one of the ingredients and you know i just admire yours from afar you are a renaissance woman doing tons and pushing and i cheer for you
7: oh man thanks i appreciate that you're very kind i i far more far more of a fan of yours than 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 mine i'm sure but you have to understand Colony. we around the house and we all talk about me and my girlfriends because streams of income, how to, how to make sure you're not worried. Um, I come from a family where we live check to check and I just, I just knew growing up, I would never want that for me. You know what I mean? And my family. And I wanted to make sure I was being smart and learning how to invest. Cause sometimes the keys are not given to us and we have to find them on our own. That's facts.
0: Carrie, when, when we talk about the future music audio, which you play in, um, and Sonic branding, which is a more niche topic in 2021, what's your relationship with podcast both as producing it, but also because you're so of you know the modern consumer culture. I'm curious yeah. what you're what you're listening to and what you intake.
7: Okay. I, first of all, I've been a podcast fan for, four years. And there's a part of me that feels like, um, and I, and so by saying this, I'm sure you've heard it before, but I grew up on watch black and whites with my mom. And every time I remember watching old school movies, they would be sitting by the radio and listening. And it was theater. Remember when radio was, because mm-hmm. there was no, I feel like, it, I feel like history is just repeating itself. Podcasts for me, um, especially during the pandemic, were pivotal, like in terms of that was the way I kept in touch with the world and I stayed sane. The future, <laughs> thing, literally, because I had to listen to so many different programs that that gave me different perspectives, that gave me some entertainment. That right, because-, me- because- social
0: and media and the mainstream media, both social media and mainstream media was so heavy, you're saying
7: that you used podcasting as a little balance of escapism. I, it was so heavy, and 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 quite frankly, yes, I too was a part of the heaviness because I would be posting and talking about it. As, I as you should,
0: we all we all were, by the way. So keep going. Yeah,
7: we had to, but then I needed to take a break and I needed to get my mind off of it. So podcasting for me got me through the pandemic, the early early stages. I literally would clean the house, um, turn up the as loud as possible, and it felt like I was actually interacting with people and getting away. The future to me um, is so bright. I think we've learned now, as a result, this is the way that we are going to be able to do TV shows, the way that you and I are talking now. This is going to be the way in which we are going to communicate to people in a safe but entertaining way that doesn't feel intrusive. There's something about being able to sit at home and listen to a podcast and feel as if you're there and you're having an experience. And I think, honestly, I don't know why we didn't think about that before. I don't know about you, Gary. I always had to be on the go go, 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 go. It is so hard for me to leave the house because I am locked in. I don't even want to leave the house. I have all, I live at my fingertips, podcasting, producing, watching anything, music, all of it. It is really, truly going to be the biggest medium. If not, it already is. I mean, who, I mean, are we watching TV anymore?
0: I, I, streaming, you know, uh, real, real quick, Claude call, call Therousia, I'm so sorry. Like I, I do interrupt a lot on normal podcasts. And when I have 10 minutes and I want 13 things, so yeah. I apologize. It, it, I love. I'm, it, I feel like I'm just talking to friends and I apologize to you What's and it? anybody else. We're just trying to get to a ton with Kerry. So Kerry, what about, real quick, just because I'm going to nerd a little bit, on the sports front, Yeah, do you think, what, who's going to win the NBA championship? I just need okay. your hot take.
7: Okay, I can talk about this all day with you. Um, Good. Oh, everyone wants to see Brooklyn and Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. No, huh? Uh, it's not going to happen. So I'm just preparing you now. Everyone be okay with it. It's not going to happen. There are a couple of things, and I'm a diehard Laker fan. I don't know if you know that. A couple okay. of things. I don't think that AD is going to be 100%. I think we're saving LeBron and AD until the very last minute, and I hope that works, but I just don't think he's going to be 100% because I do believe I'm concerned that his injury is more than what we are hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that. I'm I just, sure. That's just me, my gut. And then I also think on the other end, we're going to watch Brooklyn. And while they're amazing, I think they're going to implode. I don't, when's the last time you've ever seen anything like that? This team is, has so many superstars and they are selfless, not selfish, selfless. But I honestly believe when it comes down to it, they're going to implode because someone's going to want to have the ball in their hands all the time. And it's going to really start to affect. because I, I, And I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. I love James Harden. I think he's amazing. But when you go ring chasing, it never works in your favor. It just doesn't. So if I if I had to guess, it's going to be a surprising team for us. It's going to be a team that we haven't really been looking. What's your, What's your intuition right now? I know it will change as you get better data down the stretch. This
0: is very far off. Nobody should be able to nail it. This far <laughs> yeah, out. So really I'm trying to make you. I'm trying
7: to make you feel safe, but I'm genuinely yeah, curious. Yeah, is, it the Cel- is it the Celtics? Milwaukee? Is it, who's I honestly believe I, it could be Milwaukee. I think that they're going to be doing something special. I think the Celtics are, are definitely in there, but I'm right now. I'm going from the East, and it's not going to be Brooklyn. And it might be so. It literally will be Milwaukee, if I'm pretty sure. I think I think our guy needs to to feel as if. He is tired of people saying that he's not good and he needs help and he hasn't arrived and he's really going to go hard in the paint. I mean, he's just, and by the way, not for nothing, he's just a freak. Giannis is a freak. No one is saying anything about what a freak athlete he is and he's been quietly making his case. So I'm excited about Okay.
0: That. I will say that I do think the world has said something about his freak athleticism. His <laughs> literal name is the Greek freak. So let's say yeah. that.
7: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As the Greek freak, his name, but he's. He's been getting so much bad press lately, Gary. No, I agree. I agree. For no reason. I, I think we nicknamed him the Greek freak and then we took it back. Well, not me per se, but you know, I think we we then dismiss him because he can't show up in, in a way in which we have already crowned him. I and agree. I think he's taken that personally. You know what I'm saying? I, okay, so let me ask you, who do you think is going to win?
0: I think it's going to be Brooklyn and the Lakers in the NBA finals. Well, everyone thinks so. I, <laughs> that's I, great. Honestly, so, I... I, I just nope. don't see the alternatives clearly enough yet. but things mm-hmm. but you know, like we saw with Miami in the bubble, like I'm also a very big fan of momentum at the moment. I think yeah. if you look at the history of sports, it really matters what's
7: happening as you go in. Who would have thought Miami would have made it to the finals? Nobody. I didn't. And and quite frankly, I knew that they were not going to do well because they didn't have enough. Nobody would have said they would have made it to the finals. I, we're going to be surprised. I just and it's just the nature of these guys are tired. They haven't had any time off. I feel like mm, that's a very big point
0: because of the limited nature of their break of the off season. That's they, something I haven't thought
7: about really. They're exhausted. I would love to say my Lakers are going to do it. And I will say that, you know, as a fan, but I'm like, I know they're tired. They're exhausted. They didn't have any time off. And they were told they were going to have time off before they went back to start the season. They were told they were not going to have an all-star. They would have a break during that time. They did not have a break. They did an all-star. The league has has literally made these guys no more. Yep. Terry. final thoughts. What about doing
0: a podcast? What was the biggest challenge? What's the most mm-hmm. fun?
7: I forgot about that. We're talking
0: podcasts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Basketball's fun.
7: Right. Um, the best part of doing a podcast is that you get to tell really, for me, um, really creative stories. And it stretches a skill set that I don't think I've had as a traditional sports anchor, as an anchor where you read a prompter and you have to you know, stick to script. And when you're hosting, sometimes there's a script for the podcast. You're just, you're really, truly flexing a muscle that forces you to ad lib, think differently, go deeper. Um, all of the things that we necessarily aren't required to do when we're on autopilot in our regular work life. If that makes sense to you, beautiful. And first of all, you're just amazing. Let me just be effusive about how amazing you are, okay? (laughs) You're so nice. Um, One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. One more
0: minute. Any time on, have you spent any time on Clubhouse?
7: Yes. Clubhouse is amazing. I don't know if I, uh, but here I, okay, so. I feel like it's a loud room right now that here's the old lady and me coming out with a lot of people that <laughs> don't know about, like I've been in a lot of the sports. I literally been in a lot of sports rooms and thinking, okay, this is, this is absolutely the same name. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, it probably, it it's like Twitter. Have it's, you,
0: have you hosted a room?
7: I haven't. You I should, would love you. To. That, that's what's happening,
0: right? You're going into rooms just like anything, like any Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's not curated. You should curate one and see what it feels like for you.
7: Okay. I should. And see, would you love it? Tell me
0: you love it. I love, I love, yeah, I lo- I really like it. And I like the concept of it. And I think it's going to be on every platform. And I like the people behind Clubhouse. And I think they're going to continue to innovate. I like people interacting with each other. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. It's a, a new way to interact. Is, is it a
7: way to date? Because I need a boyfriend. Is that a way to date? You're about to get completely bombarded as you, hear <laughs> you, you can't say it. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you guys Thank for you, having Harry. me.